Hello guys, you are welcome to the Creative and the Law podcast. Please note that these podcasts do not serve as legal advice. If you're in need of legal advice or legal services, please consult a lawyer. Hello guys, you're welcome to the Creative and the Law podcast. So yeah, we're taking a break from law and I want to just you guys about something that happened to me some weeks back, about February. Yes, about that. So, yes, let me just give you guys hot gist as per break. We'll continue law next week. <laughs> so, yes, the story is how I got arrested from Odrelegwa, Lagos to Asaba on the same day. <laughs> I got arrested by the police in the course of my duty. Yeah, I'm sure you're already like, huh? How did that happen, really? Well, if you're not in Lagos, you might not know. But if you're in Lagos, you know Joe Legba. And then I was taken to Delta State that day. So how did it happen? Yeah, so I'm sure you're interested to hear this. Um, so I had this client of mine who was introduced to me by someone, by a friend. And then it was introduced to me about in January. And um, then I was supposed to draft some contracts for him. Uh, is into forex and trading and all. So I was supposed to draft a contract for him. Then I did the first contract and on the second contract, apparently um, he is is into fraud and he has just defrauded people of their money and and you know like some real money guys, some real money. We're talking about some billions of naira, actually billions, not millions. Yes, he has. So I didn't, I didn't know that. So I was just in the course of my duty, just preparing um, his drafts and contracts, right? So on this, on this particular drafts, which I was supposed to do, I think that was the second time I was supposed to draft something for him. He then. The situation was that he's not in Lagos, so he was like the client that his client that I was supposed to draft the contracts um, between them. Uh, he is in Lagos, so he's in Lagos. Um, so he was he had asked me that when I draft the contract, I'll, I'll send the contract to him, scan it to him to sign, and then I'll have to print his part. Of the of this of the signed contract, then give a physical copy to the guy in Lagos to sign, and then I'll scan back both um, both signed like duly executed copies, like both the the signed contracts. Uh, so that was the idea, and then he later. So I did that. Of course, that was not a big deal, but eventually he later said that okay, the guy said he wants to. That he's he'd rather pay in check, so he wants to drop a check, and I, I should help him collect the check. I give it to my friend, who introduced us. So that was the idea. So I, did, I just said, okay, since this guy is not in Lagos, right? Let me just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just collect the check for him and with the contract, and give it back to my friend, and she is going to find a way to get it to him. 
So the guy in Lagos reaches out to me to agree on where we can meet. In fact, we had agreed to meet somewhere around Maryland before, but um, he couldn't meet up with the timing, so we moved it to the next day. So I told him that, okay, since I was coming around here about that day, let's just meet at Jibo. Um, but he says that he can't make it to Jibo. I should please meet, meet him at Ojuelebar. So I got into one of the restaurants at Drillabada's Choppies. When I got there, I met him. First of all, when I saw him, I was like, okay, for someone that wants to deposit a six million naira check, he didn't look like it. So he, he just wore a black t-shirt, a shorts, and slides. So when I just looked at that, it's possible because he had told me that he, worked, he works in trade fair. That's possible that he's just one of those Igbo boys, you know, that have money and don't want to show it. So I said, okay, no problem. So I sat with him, gave, gave him the contract to review before he signs. And just as we were doing that, I also saw four men around me. We were from the police, he showed me the ID card and, and okay, okay, I was wondering, say, why, why am I here? So I explained that I'm here to deliver a contract for my clients to this person to sign his part of the contract. So they asked me, is this your phone number? They called my phone number. I said, yes. So they said, okay, that they've been tracing me and they've been, they've been, they've been, um, how do they use the word again? <laughs> well, they've been tracing Sha, right? With, with my phone number and they're tracing my last conversation that I've been having with and they traced me to a particular case that the case of fraud. The first one made it very dramatic. They say kidnapping, murder. I was wondering, oh, are you serious? So then they said that it was it was a case that was the name of the, my clients that sent me here. So I mentioned his name. And then they were like, that's exactly the case they've been working on. And I'm, I'm one of the people that I'm aiding, you know, and he's, he's, he's um, fraudulent act and everything. So, so I was trying to explain to them that this guy, I barely just met him in January and I'm just doing my own work professionally and nothing else. So anyway, while, well, I was just grateful that I, I like I was just calm, had a conversation with them. So me, I felt like it was just like this regular police now. They just come and then when they are not, after the conversation, if they don't see anything, they'll just let you go. <laughs> so this guy, when he saw that, I was trying to ask him some intellectual questions, like, oh, some some of the stories were not adding up. I'm like, what, what is this and what is that? He just stood up and flashed me a gun. Flashed me a gun and said, do you think I'm joking here? Oh, and I knew that that was a serious case. <laughs> So I said, okay. So I now asked them, say, so how is this supposed to collect this contract and how is this supposed to collect checks? So I said, um, well, the person introduced me to him is supposed to collect a check and a contract for me and give, give it back to him, to my clients. So they said, okay, let's go and meet the person. So I thought they were joking. They brought out Ankov. I put Ankov on my hands. Ugh, one more. <laughs> I knew that this was a serious case. They put me in their vehicle and then we started to move towards the lady who introduced us. So when we got there, of course, they asked me to pretend like I was about to give her the check, and then they arrested her too. 
So what they were trying to do, of course, while they were talking to me, they probably found out that I probably didn't, not probably, that I didn't know anything about his whole activity and all, and I was just drafting. So so all they were trying to do was to, apparently they've been looking for him for about four months, so about four to five months, and not just them, some other, like, ESCC and some other police people were looking for him too. So anyways... They were trying to get him to come and collect check from us so that they could arrest him. So after trying and trying, and that couldn't work because the guy was smart. So he was he was playing he was just playing games, and he he could just smell that something was fishy. So he didn't come out. So um, well, that was they saying that from his from them tracking him that he was in Lagos at the moment. At that moment, rather, I mean, I was like, he told me that he's not in Lagos, and the lady also said to that. He told her that he was not in Lagos too. So, anyways, the the shah said, if this guy doesn't come out today, we are going to Delta Asaba. And all this while, I was supposed to go out with my wife uh, um, at 11 a.m. that day. So my meeting with that guy was 10 o'clock because I I figured that signing the contract shouldn't take more than 15 minutes. So I I said, okay, we'll just sign the contract and then she will meet me up and then we we'll go out. So. I had to call her when they arrested me, when I was in their van, before I met the other girl. So I had to call her. I just pretend like, oh, I couldn't make it because there were some unforeseen delays and the guy is late and also the girl um, is late and I might not be able to make it. So she was just like, ah, really, what happened? And all. So I just had to act calm because at that time they didn't allow me or they didn't permit me to tell her anything that was happening. So, <laughs> so when we got there, after we stayed there up until like up until like three p.m. at um, the police station for my headquarters at Obalinde, we just stayed there, stayed there, just trying to see how this guy, how we can. He said, just said, bring out this guy. That's the only way I'm going to release you. Bring out this guy. I said, I don't know where he is. You know, the world has moved. I, I literally, people just do work online now. You know, it's a virtual world now. I, I've never met him before, and <laughs> I don't, I don't know where he is. He just sends me work via mail and via WhatsApp, and then we, we, you know, we just communicate that way through documents. So anyway. After I tried and tried and everything was futile, they had told me that, okay, you have to call your wife now and tell her that we're going to Asaba. My men are like, this part was joking. So I called my wife and then we talked and I just explained everything to her, what really happened and why I couldn't make it. So thankfully she was calm about it. She just said, okay, let's see what happens. If we can negotiate with them, talk with them and let's see what, what will happen. So when it was time, they said, okay, they are going. So they were going to stop by at Ikeja first and pick up another guy that they came to arrest. So, my man was like, no way, when we get to Kedja, I'll sort it out. But on our way to Kedja, I already told um, my wife that she should. I texted her, um, my colleagues, one of my a lawyer, a lawyer's number, so that she should call so that they can meet us at the Kedja and then prevent, because he is also, he also has like a top connect in the police force. So I'm like, he can then find a way to stop us from moving from Ikeja, at least before we get to Ikeja, you know, they can. So before that happened, it wasn't possible. So we got to Ikeja, they didn't even spend time. And then, <laughs> before I knew it, so like, I was like, so where are we going now? They said, we're going to Asaba. I said, these guys are still joking. So from Ikeja, we linked Maryland. I was like, okay, Maryland, we're still, well, maybe we can be talking in the car and try to negotiate. 
for me and go to Jota. I said, okay, we're still <laughs> we're still around, right? Uh, still trying to talk to them in the car, see what we can do. And then from from Jota, we go to Bega. I was like, this is getting serious. So at that time, I sent every everybody's number that I knew. <laughs> Everybody's number that I know that can help and sent it to my wife. I told her, I'll call everybody and let them know that I'm being taken to Esaba. So when they found out that my phone was buzzing or different people, so they eventually seized my phone. And <laughs> so I started seizing the phone. So after beggar, we got to uh, where we're going, Mowe, Ahiba uh, 4, Redemption Camp, like that. And this was around 4.30 in the evening. So we started a trip to Delta, Asaba precisely in the evening. So it was a road trip. A long, the longest road trip I've ever had. <laughs> Even it was about four, it was about six hours. So so they took me there and then we got to Asaba around past ten, about ten thirty. Right. So I'm not eating anything. It was just it was just a crazy experience. I got there and uh, the guy that had the head of the investigate the, the head of the uh, police the particular case this particular case I told them that they should put us inside the cell so <laughs> when I got there the guy was like oh yeah take off your shirts take off your you know how they do now take off your trousers take off. I thought it was a joke before I knew they're taking off my shirts taking off my singlets ah, wow so I just and the guy was about to take me inside the cell I said oh god I cannot I cannot stay inside the cell. <laughs> and he said, if I'm not staying inside the cell, I should give him 10,000 10, there. I was not trying to negotiate. Fine, you just jacked me. Think I'm joking. Okay. So, thank God I had some cash with me. So, I gave him 10,000 there. I was hoping that <laughs> when I give him 10,000 there, that he can, he will probably put me in an office or something. At least something that, like, even if I if I see at least if I see see hotel at least ten k, you know we no go bad, right? So I just feel like okay, ten k is a lot of money in that sense. So maybe he's going to give me something. He just took me to the counter there and just said, okay, lie down for this bench or more. <laughs> so I, I lay down on the bench and slept there. Well, when I said slept there, I did not sleep. So <laughs> of course again, I just lay down there. So that was around past eleven. <laughs> So I slept, I, I didn't sleep. I saw every, literally, I saw every hour. I saw one o'clock. I saw to three. I saw it was six o'clock was now far in my eyes. And at that time, they, not, they did not still allow me to talk. So when I got to, when I got to the place, I told them, I just insisted that I needed to call my wife that was in Nassaba. So they told me that, okay, I can call her. So give me a few minutes. I said, I'm in Nassaba. Where are you in Nassaba? I don't know where I am in Nassaba because I just, I just got here and it's very late. So I couldn't even detect where we were. So I just, all right. So I stayed there because I needed morning to come. Because I knew that it was, it was only in the morning that we could do things. So, so in the morning, the guy where I give thank you, <laughs> We, I didn't expect to go, ah. <laughs> the guy just as if he don't know me, ah, ah. The guys in morning shift came and started harassing me separately. Why are you here? Going to the cell, trying to put me inside the cell. And those cells guys, the cell prisoners, they already see me. They already see me. Say, ah, Lagos boy. Hey, we do fresh boy. I be, I, they come meet us from inside cell. They're already trying to. Everybody harassing me. Oh, oh, she, they do fine boy. I'll be go stay inside the cell today. So I told them, I said, I cannot enter that cell. So I just stayed 
at the corridor of the cell. They were just, I'd greeted them initially, but you know how these guys are now. They just kept on talking and then I couldn't keep up with the talk. Shy because I was just thinking about to get out of there. So somewhere around past 10 or 11 o'clock, they allowed me to make a call again. So I called Jennifer and I asked her, oh, where, so I asked where exactly are we? Because they had to wait for the guys that arrested us to come first to the station before they could allow us to touch our phones or anything. So when those guys came, I asked, where are we? So they explained. So I, I sent out the information to my wife and said, okay, uh, this is where we are and everything. Please call the lawyers, call everybody that you know. So we started calling, call Commissioner of Police. I'm telling you, call Commissioner of Police of Rivers. We were just calling from Lagos to, we called different people. Every day we have a leg can reach. I thank God that, uh, well, I'm of good reputation. So people were, <laughs> were willing to put down their names on the line. So, so, uh, so I was just there, they were trying to, you know, at some point I couldn't starve anymore, so I had to eat, eat one rubbish, the, the most ridiculous rice I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> I'm telling you, so they, so I just, I just had to eat, so, but I kept insisting that I'm a lawyer, and then when it was time for the, for, for me to write my statement, that was where I showed them prepare. Ah, no, 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 no. They were trying to make me, they were trying to, tell me what to write, I insisted, like, I was, at some point, I was yelling in the station, making them understand that you can't tell me what to do. They were trying to tell me that oh, what I'm, what I did, um, my contract was invalid because they were just saying rubbish. You know, they, those guys didn't understand it, they were illiterate. So I just kept, I literally taught them the law, literally. I said, this is how it is done, right? And I agreed that the only thing I did out of my my duty that I shouldn't have done was to agree to collect the check. So that was the only thing I did. I, sh I know that I probably went overboard that I shouldn't have done. And that, that one I did in good faith, I just felt like I was helping somebody. Every other thing I did was in the course of my duty and my, my profession. So, you know, anyway, so I just refused to accept that they were trying to make me concede to the fact that, oh, I, I, I knew this guy, I knew what he was doing. I was trying to use documentation to help. So apparently the person that even ordered the arrest from Delta, his own money inside us, she was looking for him because he, he robbed out 48 million there, right? So this is even one person among the many people that he has, he has fraudulently obtained money from. So, well, <laughs> so anyways, they had made all the calls and people were already calling the station and they wanted to confirm that. So someone called and said, confirm that he's a lawyer. Once you confirm that he's a lawyer, he cannot stay there. So they started asking me questions and me, I don't actively practice as far going to court. So, <laughs> well, so I, I, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, Anyway, the calls went on and on and on and on, and then, to cut the long story short, the the um, NBA chairman of Asaba came to the station, and then he just came, imputed my name on the Nigerian Bar Association. Um, there's a website where you can search a lawyer. So he saw my name there, you know, and they said, you're a lawyer. I said, because you're, he said, the only thing I saved is because you're a lawyer and then you can't be here. So I'm here to get you out. So he talks to the guys and, and, um, and then they, of course, they had agreed to take me out. Before then, I'd already said, I'd want to pick up my shoes, my clothes. Guys, where are you going to? They were forcing me to take my bath. You should take your bath, eat and freshen up so that evening. I said, 
evening. Who is here to evening? <laughs> guy, you don't know. I said, I'm going here. I'm leaving here today. You know, right? I was able to make friends with them. You know, at some point, I just decided to take it to personal, at least so that I don't... It was just being wise, so that I don't put myself in a way that... In a place that they, I get beaten. Uh, shockingly, I wasn't beaten. Uh, that was that was that was a miracle for me. I wasn't beaten because all the guys that were coming inside, I was seeing how they were eating their dose of slaps. <laughs> so I wasn't beaten, and so this guy came and then and then you know just um, released me. Right, so they released me. Of course, I just settled them with something. Right, that you know it's not bail, but but it wasn't bail. So just a few thousands, and said, okay, take. You know, and and then on. So I got arrested on Wednesday, on Wednesday, and then um, this happened on Thursday. As at four p.m. or about five p.m. on Thursday, I got released from the from the station. So you know, of course. So I could. I was trying to book a flight back to Lagos, but all the flights were booked till Monday. So I didn't even. I didn't even bother. I just found a hotel in Nasaba there, and. Um, Stayed there. After staying there in the morning, early in the morning, I just went to pick a bus and got back to Lagos on Friday evening. <laughs> those two days, those two days were crazy. I'm telling you, it was the experience. I, I, I'm sure. I, I, I don't even know if, if you've never experienced this day. You might not be able to imagine what it means to be in that situation. <laughs> uh, so I got back to Lagos. Uh, even on the road, going sitting here, saying, "Man, I can't believe that I'm out." You know, I the experience did a lot for me. It just it just made me smarter. Of course, they made calls um, when they were at the station. They asked me who I worked with. So I mentioned the name of my principal that I used to work with. I mentioned his name, and then they called him to just confirm and everything. So they were hoping that because according to the guy, I'm, according to all the planning, I'm still the check. So this is the old deal. That last contract that I did was all plotted by the guy in Lagos and the police. So they had come to Lagos one time to try to arrest my client. However, they found his friend. So his friend was like, oh, he doesn't know where he is and everything. So they had said that, okay, the only way we can release you is if you can help us catch him. So that one planned like he wanted to invest six million naira. And then, because I was wondering, I did, I, I did not arrest the guy. They allowed the guy to go. And my mother said, how can you allow him to go? You know, when, when, how can you arrest me and then allow him to go? Anyway, so I was already suspecting. I was asking them, what's the check? Why don't you even give me the check at least so that we can even find a way to go about it? But they didn't. So, so he had plotted with the police guys and then he, he was hoping that my client would himself come and pick up the check and the documents so that they can arrest him. And then they also put that, okay, if we can't get him, we can get his lawyer. And if we get his lawyer, probably his lawyer knows where we can find him. So it was when I was about to get released that I was having a conversation with the, one of the police guys, and he was telling me that it was all it was all it, it was all a plot, and there was no deal, there was no check, there was no intention to invest. It was all planned with the police to try to arrest this guy. <laughs> I said, "Wow!" So I just I was just unlucky in that sense, and then found myself in that in that space. So well. So they hoped that probably the guy would still contact me. That's my client now, still contact me to pick up his check. 
Yeah, but I guess that he probably figured out that something was wrong because, you know, all the breaking transmission and, of course, someone that is a criminal will probably not just find a way to, who will know how he does his thing. So he didn't shall reach out to me again. And since then, you know, well, I've not found him. And <laughs> so that was, that was it. When I, you know, the funny thing, I didn't feel the impact of that because I was just all about getting out when I was there. But when I got back to Lagos, as I got into my room and I laid down on wall, that was when I, just, I started feeling the impact of what happened. I started to imagine what could have happened, how people would go and probably not come back for, for months and probably people didn't even know, even know where they are. I just tried to imagine things, what on the road, the way they were driving recklessly, how, you know, what if anything had happened, you know. I was just, then I was just like, like man... This this was crazy, right? So <laughs> I was I was just thinking, should I or should I not share? My wife said, Ah, you, you share. Why would you share with them? So I said, Well, let me just give you guys this hot gist that happened to me recently. You know, being a lawyer is kind of interesting. You know, you have all all sort of experiences, and me, <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> This experience is probably one of the experiences, not probably, it is one of the experiences that I will never forget in the course of my practice. You know, it will never happen again. I'm, I'm smarter now, of course. You know, I, 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 I choose to be strictly professional. And I think in another, if there's another situation like this, I know how not to get myself involved because I've learned my lessons, spoke to older colleagues, and they told me how I should have been what I should have done and how I could have been more careful and all those things. So I've learned my lesson, right? So <laughs> I'm a smarter lawyer, like they say, that these experiences, they make us wiser. So yes, let's just say I'm wiser, but he had take me that kind of experience <laughs> to say this. So uh, this is probably our longest podcast or episode because this just had to finish. But yes, so that that's it. That's it. Right, so thank you for listening to me and my my rants, right? I don't know if you is rant or if it's just gist, but thank you for listening to my gist. Um, don't worry, by next week we'll continue <laughs> the law. From time to time, I'll just probably pop in and give you guys some gist, you know, just so that I don't make this just, you know, all serious and strict like that, right? So, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll see on the next episode. Please, the former episodes are still there. You can still share with your friends. If people ask you questions that I've already addressed and talked about, you can just share an episode with them for them to stream and then get an idea or a better perspective of what they're asking about. All right, thank you guys. Bye.